0: This talk is supported by SmallPDF, the successful Swiss scale-up making PDF easy for over a billion people around the world since 2013. You may remember them from a previous podcast we hosted with their CEO, Dennis Just. Their mission is to make PDFs and life easy for people across the world, a mission made possible with their 90-plus amazing employees across Zurich, Belgrade, and Barcelona. If you want to join this fast-growing Swiss scale-up, visit smallpdf.com forward slash Swisspreneur and apply.
1: I was the friend who has a logistic company with his wife. How has it been? Has it been good? He's like, no, I I cannot recommend it. Don't do it. (laughs) We still did.
2: Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show,
0: a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Selvan. Hanna and Johan, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank uh, you very much. Be back in Erlikon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you are the co-founders at Söder, a natural and ethical personal care product manufacturer based here in Zurich in Switzerland. But originally you're both from Sweden, so what first drew you to Switzerland, Hannah? Why did you end up here?
2: Well, I uh, wanted to take a break after gymnasium in Sweden and uh, went to work voluntarily at uh, a boarding school in the Alps. Wow.
0: That's and what and for you, to... Johan, did you also take
1: a, a break in Switzerland? No, I took a break in Austria <laughs> and a good friend of mine um, said, hey, I need help. Come over to, to Switzerland. I'm, I'm building a brand um, mm-hmm. and uh, he pulled me over and uh, I've been here
0: ever since. Was that already the, the famous Swiss brand with the bags that we all know called, called Freitag? No, it was it was another bag brand, which
1: you might know as well. Back then it was called Quest and now it's called Question.
0: It's uh, one of the View co founders as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We also have. Him- I think both of them were, were part of Funding View as well. So it's the same, yeah. We had them on the podcast as well, where they were talking about the early days yeah. of a uh, question, and then view, of course. So you, Johan, you actually also then worked at Freitag, um, you know, a very famous brand here in Switzerland from 2008 to 2013. What was it to be part of that success story here in Switzerland?
1: Well, it was it was a great journey. It was a great journey before I joined, and I think we were 60 people back then. It was a strong brand in in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it grew a lot. It grew from, I think, it was 150 people when I left after five years. And uh, the brothers are very inspirational characters, and they introduced me to to the cradle to cradle principle in in business, mm-hmm. which was cool. And back then that was not that present, right? And and today it's we we talk about the the circular society, and and to see that you can you can build a, a successful business on the circular idea was extremely inspiring and uh, it helps every day and I'm grateful for
0: this. What you say was also like a great education before you jumped into your own entrepreneurial yeah, adventure. Better than any school. Yeah. Uh, that's a statement.
1: <laughs> so if anyone wants, uh, wants a school, you can call Danny and Marcus, they're the good guys. Yeah.
0: absolutely. Hannah, your personal background, you actually studied and then also worked in architecture until 2017. How do you balance your architectural career with also the launch of Söder, your own business?
2: Well, balance is probably not the right <laughs> word to describe it because yeah. uh, when you have a, any kind of startup life, is just filled with managing all the different aspects of, uh, of life and of, uh, creating a business and of staying alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I was a full-time architect at the same time because that's my passion and our family was growing during this time as well. So, uh, we had many playing fields, but balance in itself was probably not part of the equation. We were, uh, we were just very, very engaged and motivated to get this uh, this new baby babysitter running.
0: I mean, that sounds like there was a lot on your plate at the same time. Did you also have to make any tough compromises where you said, hey, I just uh, have to sleep less or I cannot meet friends as often as I want
2: to? This is probably also still a bit a part of our daily life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but the compromise to not do this project that we really wanted to do would have been a bit uh, more tough to endure and um, I also think it's it's uh, it's kind of based in who, who you are and what you want to achieve in life and we wanted all these things at the same time and then then you just have to go with the flow and do it mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve and in, in the end I decided in 2017 to go full working for Söder and not working for uh, for the architecture business anymore and this was the right decision for me to make because I, I felt like I was too split up in mm-hmm. on too many uh, what do you say dancing at too many parties at the same right. time yeah. but up until then it was totally right and also a very strong educational step in my career to have have worked at, uh, as an architect, as a project leader, and done uh, projects on a different in a different area than I'm doing today.
0: Looking back, you worked four years in in parallel, you know, still being an architect, but also building your own company. Have you ever wished that you focused full time on Söder earlier than you actually did?
2: No. I think it was good for me to have the transition phase, and also Johan was working full time with it from from our day one, so to mm-hmm. say, of the company building. And this was also something we decided, like that I will I will nurture the family with uh, with the paycheck, and Johan is focusing on the on the daily business, and mm-hmm. then we do the the stuff we do together um, on other times during the day but this uh, now i think it worked very well
0: this sounds like a very smart bet right having the stable income if as long as possible to feed the family but also taking the bet and actually launching your own company at the same time that's a quite a good setup from the outside perspective did it also feel like that that it was a smart and the well thought through bet that you took Johan?
1: Yeah. Yeah it was. I, I think retrospectively then if you analyze, I guess we could have done two parts. And maybe it would have been easier on the energy to have more funding. But I think mm-hmm. what we also learned is that you do I wouldn't say everything wrong, but you do a lot of things wrong at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think if you have too much capital it also hurts a lot. So I think for us, it was very good to to grow in and learn. Mm-hmm. And when things were working, then, I mean, market reacts and you start scaling. And it, it took a while to figure everything out. And we did a lot of mistakes and we learned a lot. So it, so it, it was very good. I think uh, if we had a lot of millions to, to spend back then, then... You
0: probably would have done bad things with them <laughs> and i also wonder you know you decided to start your own company you both have your jobs your careers going on where does that entrepreneurial spirit that entrepreneurial drive come from that actually motivated you to start your own company from talking from my perspective i think i
1: i grew up in a in a family uh, where my my father was always uh, an entrepreneur he had his own companies he did some stuff that work some stuff didn't work mm-hmm. uh, in, in smaller scale and when I was 12 years I, I started to work with him this kind of you know you do the accounting you do a little bit of this Right. Um, and I worked with him for a long time and when I had um, when I went to the gymnasium um, I started my own business I was passionate about snowboarding so then I started my snowboard store parallel and to the gymnasium and I think I always had entrepreneurship in me, like the will to do something. Mm-hmm. And I realized realized that through the family situation that it is also possible to do something. I think yeah. um, a lot of people maybe who do not have that opportunity to see that you actually can do what you want to do. It It, it is painful and it is it takes a lot of energy, but you can. And I think these, these two aspects helped me.
0: How was that for you, Hanna?
2: <laughs> well, a bit different, but... Um I'm also someone who really needs to do things and I want mm-hmm. to do them my way and then when I met Joan who was someone who knew how to do these things <laughs> at least that's uh, that was the feeling I was getting mm-hmm. then I'm I can fully th- throw myself into a project and, and work on this as long as it's uh, if when I can follow my own convictions when I can build up my own set of rules and I can work creatively within this uh, little space that we made that just steers stirs something within me to to make more and more and more and that's maybe the entrepreneurial part of it because i'm very much not business i'm i don't put up the business plan that's where joan is very strong and he has all these insights and i'm more the I, no, I wouldn't say I'm more the passionate, but I'm I'm very <laughs> a passionate person who wants to get my creative needs uh, fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And when when the convictions are strong, it's also important to to be able to follow them because otherwise you don't get the satisfaction, or yeah. I don't get the satisfaction out of work. And this I can totally fulfill. Absolutely. being on my being my own.
0: It sounds like a mix between having that in your DNA, in your personality, but also the family background that also shaped you to then become entrepreneurs in the end. Is that a, a fair assessment? Yeah.
2: Yes. And Definitely. what Johan says that uh, he knew it's possible, which mm-hmm. is very important. I was not maybe always sure it's possible, but no. when I have someone next to me who says, sure it's possible, and I believe this person, then, yeah, okay, let's do it. So I I am very much uh, growing into being an entrepreneur also through Johan.
0: And you, you actually touched up on a really important point here, because <laughs> when you founded so in 2013 together, you're not only business partners, but you're also romantic partners, right? So we also, of course, are interested <laughs> in how that you become a couple in the, in the first place?
2: Well, just look at you. On <laughs> is there <laughs> any more open questions? Well, no.
0: <laughs> we to, to plain, put it
1: plain and simple, we met and we we fell in love, right? Uh, and we were both living in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, so we we met here.
2: Yes, it's uh, more the typical love, way. Love at first sight. Yeah, maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Almost. but I yeah, but uh, I mean it's uh, just mutual friend crowds a bit mm-hmm. it's what often the story is i think
0: wonderful <laughs> and then to actually also go one step further and start a company together that is quite you know quite a decision was that an easy one for you was it very clear for you from the beginning that you said yeah absolutely like there's no better co-founder for me than my romantic part or was that also something that you discussed intensively together no it it, it happened I think from the
1: first day, we're not people who like to to sit down mm-hmm. and read a newspaper throughout the whole day. In the morning, it's fine, but so I think we we <laughs> we always did things together. We built, uh, you know, we started to designing tables, uh, concepts, and made stuff at home, and always been doing stuff. And at one point, we we came to the situation in life as, "Hey, let's do something new." Mm-hmm. And it was then
0: clear and obvious we do this together. And were you also afraid at the certain point where you said, hey, maybe working and spending that much time together and building a business with all the ups and downs that come with it, that this could have a negative effect on your relationship?
2: No, not not really afraid of it being a negative influence on the relationship. Um, Definitely, considerations to how to how to make it uh, not always be about work, and and this is still sometimes it's 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 a topic that you have to like be able to shut off and not work from time to Mm -hmm. time, but we're getting pretty good at that Mm -hmm. as well.
1: I Was pretty interesting. I asked, you know, we we talked about it. It's like, yeah, could it be a problem? It's like, yeah, I don't know, probably not, and. Then I asked a friend who has a logistic company with his wife, um, older than me, so he was close to retirement age. I was like, you know, how has it been? Has it been good? He's like, no, like I cannot recommend it. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> and you still did it. We still yeah. did. We're like, yeah, thank you for the input. you know, we weighed the input and it's like, yeah, we are, you know, we are, we are different.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so no. no, it worked for us. No, it still works. It still it's works. Uh, it's a and,
1: and you get closer. I think it's you share more together, and you, mm-hmm. and you, of course, you constantly work on things. So sure. I think this can be frustrating, maybe sometimes for for uh, co-workers, because I mean, if we drive home, we continue to work, right? And absolutely, when we cook, we continue to work, and yeah, we have an idea. Yeah. What do you think about this? So you kind of constantly work, but you also constantly share. So I think then maybe you can focus. Some people then ask and focus on the negative aspect, but the positive aspect is that you share way more, mm-hmm. um, and you get to know each other in a, in a more holistic manner as well, which is which is nice. And of course, you need to build some rules. It's like I'm tired, you know. Let's let's focus on reading a book <laughs> <laughs> or doing something else. Um, let's
2: but if move you, this topic till tomorrow when when exactly. we've slept. But yeah. definitely, it's uh, it's. Not always easy, but it's also very fruitful. So imagine going on holidays for two, three weeks and being on a long road, driving somewhere in Sweden, uh, going to visit another part of the family. Mm-hmm. And then the brain starts to work. And if if I would have to like write these ideas down and then work on them in two weeks, it would be like, okay, you have put a blocker in... And then we just start ping ponging. So a lot of things have happened also when we're somewhere totally different than the office. Yeah. We don't we really don't work in the office only. So it's
0: Yeah. So that setup that you have is actually also a huge advantage because your minds are always at work and you can easily discuss things and move probably much faster than other co founder pairs that are not spending that much time together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean you have, you have, I mean, direct feedback culture is a topic, right? And in a relationship, the, the feedback is, is instant and direct. Yeah. And this is really cool.
0: Now, of course, we also want to talk about your beautiful product. So when did you actually first got get interested in, in non-toxic and ethically produced personal care products? What happened there? Was there like no good products that you wanted to use yourself out there that you had to create your own?
1: Yeah, I think when we started this this focus on on natural products was was not there in the market mm-hmm. and I don't know this is probably commonly not so known but soap is basically it's like a, it's almost extinct today in the marketplace so everything you find is the, the synthetic detergents which are made by, by really big companies like BASF and, and so on. And there's a big lack of transparency back then. At least it was a big lack of of focus on, on good raw materials and also healthy raw materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we saw this. It's like, hey, the natural soap is 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 great, and there is almost non-existing there. And it's a very transparent product, so it's not only chemically interesting. Uh, as a product, it's also very transparent because the chemical reaction is made uh, by us as a producer. So we have control of all the raw materials, and this is very, very uncommon in the cosmetic industry. It's a lot of pre-prefabrication of technical raw material which are mixed, mm-hmm. but we are doing chemical reactions. So we can really say, you know, we buy honey from uh, Serbia or now there was a crisis with the with the bees, so we get it from scene. Mm-hmm. But we have done an extreme control. The same with the oils. We can buy orga- organic oils and technical raw materials you can't. So we, we, we saw this and, and we got really passionate about this. And then we tried to raise the bar and the benchmark of what a soap is because I think that the few soaps still existed and did not meet the requirements. So let's bring it up a level. Let's try to
0: innovate and, and
1: bring more quality to the, the product.
0: And then once you had this initial interest and also the initial idea, you actually then sort of built your MVP. You know, we know MVPs from the software world, but you actually you created your own soap in a garage in Zurich and then sold it at the Christmas market to test the demand. Right? Can you elaborate a bit more how you did that and how you also tested the market?
2: Well, we uh, <laughs> we started. I mean, we started cooking in a very small. Uh, tank it was uh, 50 or 100 liters it was 100 100 liters this felt huge and we had this uh, garage of like roughly 30 square meters where we had 25 kilo canisters and uh, tanks and we filled every bottle by hand and it was very um very rustical very handmade
1: Uh, and to answer the question we did not have uh a a go-to-market strategy. No. We had we had a passion about the concept, how to make the product, how to design the product and chemically. But it kind of ended there, right? And they said, we just need to do this. And then we did this. And of course, then we made the first products, <laughs> We sold the first product. Yes. And and then we organically growed And from this, it was a very, it was a very uh, reactive way of growing. So the market responded to us. And we were constantly... Uh, we were just constantly reacting, okay, we need a bigger tank. <laughs> we need a bigger factory. Yeah, yeah it's a bit. It's <laughs> we need to feel a bit faster.
2: right? It's also a bit like we have been working a bit naively maybe in this whole process of uh, of relying on, on friends and family and contacts and honest discussions and Get, letting people get to know the product uh, without having a big sales force or a big idea of how mm-hmm. to uh, how to expand this uh, to a multi-billionaire uh, project, but the the Christmas market was maybe fifty bottles, and it kind of happened to happen at the same time as we had those fifty bottles ready, and then we also started like giving some friends at restaurants and bars like access to the to the product and it was
1: also it was also really good that it, we did not produce more because we we had we had some tweaking to do so mm-hmm. there was probably half a year of tweaking and if we would have gone to market on a bigger way it would also have been not been good also from the, the organization maybe we had yeah. Friday was a good school when it comes to see in do- an industrial company right doing end consumer product, but we had no no experience in the scaling, and we underestimated this a lot as well. Like to build a factory is different to be in the lab. It's uh, workers, processes, machines break down. Mm-hmm. How do you repair the machine? The second hand machine was built in five. Uh, in in five pieces in total, there is no manual. Hmm. <laughs> if that, we
2: would have had a demand in the beginning, it would have killed us. And now we could like slowly build it up by not doing any, no campaigns, no no. Uh, uh, no we, ne- we never
1: needed to. We never no. had
0: the time then because we were always reacting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I I really like this statement because it shows that you can go a very far away with the organic growth. And that was essential for you because then you got the feedback, you adapted the product, you learned how to scale it up instead of just throwing a lot of money at the problem and then failing because you missed an important part. So this probably slower way of growing, but the organic way is a key ingredient to where you are today. Product. you make a good product. Yeah. If you
1: sell one product, the person who bought it will sell the next one for you. And I think that's if you do that, everything is then is then easier. If you fail with the product, it's very difficult, I think, to scale something. So we were lucky. People really really then appreciated it and 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 it just started to rolling from there. I
0: think um, that's a good advice, I guess put a lot of focus on your product. How was then the feeling? When did you realize that you actually hit the sweet spot that you had the right product and that is was now time? To scale up and to go bigger,
1: I don't know if we we were probably scared uh, in the beginning as well. Partially, it's like yeah, in the, we got a lot of criticism. This is, is perhaps an, a good advice. A lot of people told us in the beginning that yeah, yeah you cannot make soap. You know, some the ones who bought it and then tested it, they were convinced that they convinced other. But the the customer who first saw it and visited us in our small store than on Ankerstrasse, they're like no, no, you you cannot make soap and it took maybe half a year a year to start converting these these customers and uh, and uh, and first then when we got a bit bigger uh, accepted
0: then it started to roll but i think in general people can be quite skeptical <laughs> i mean especially in switzerland i also feel that they would sort of tell you more why it's not working instead of why it's working i don't know if it's special to switzerland but but uh, but it
1: it was a reluctance and it took us a while then to um, to overcome this and, yeah. and, and then it worked. But, I but think they it's... had every right to be a bit skeptical
2: <laughs> because we used to sell socks and tables in this uh, store for sustainable goods and yes, we designed but we were not producers and mm-hmm. being the producer uh, of our own product was a dream and a goal from the beginning when we started selling But then when we actually came with the soap and put it in front of the customers and said so this is now this is now our new field and uh, go home and try this and we can explain to you what, what real soap is and we can talk about this for hours and we did and it's from there it kind of grew into a, a understanding between us and our direct customers
1: and the, and the people, I think it's soap is a product like it's it's a product you use every day. And the people came back. like mm-hmm. When the bottle was empty, they came back and said, this, this was an experience. I like this experience. Wow. My skin is not dry. And, and, yeah. uh, and again, then I think the, if the product is good, then your customer comes back. Yeah. I love that <laughs> philosophy. I think
0: that's very, very good advice. Now, let's also talk about the product. So you mentioned before at the beginning, you had multiple products that we were basically offering. What are the products that you focus on today? What is... So they're basically from a product choice.
2: So today it's our main, main focus is what we can produce ourselves. And then we still have a few accessories to go with it because it's needed. Mm-hmm. But our focus is our care products and what we can produce in our factory are processed um, products like soap and lotions and bar soaps. It's also under construction a bit, but uh, it's part of the program. So that's um, the whole line from uh, developing of the recipe to the, to the distribution to direct sale to customer or hotel or store. That's our focus.
0: And for you, you're very conscious about the ingredients, but at the same time, it's also very important for you to be able to produce locally why is that the case? Why is that uh, an important piece in the whole server concept for you? Well, in the beginning, going back to this naive start,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> doing a good product, we wanted to sell it uh, to the people where we were. So that was Zurich. Um, and we are still mainly selling in Switzerland, and Switzerland is our focus market. And, and some people believe this is, tell us, you know, it's a small market, but it still is 9 million people living in Switzerland. There's it's a lot of people which, which are dirty every day. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 uh, another thing was was the, the verticality, the control of the product. And through the verticality, uh, we can then also drive innovation. We can control production. We can control quality. We can control supply chain. Mm-hmm. And this is something now when we have grown a little bit which becomes extremely important and now we're pushing hard and not only to, to produce and to improve production but also to innovate innovate in in, in raw materials innovate in transparency um, and uh, this would not be possible if we did
0: not have it in-house that makes a lot of sense and one important aspect there's also the packaging of course of your products how do you go about that Hannah? Um,
2: well Packaging has always had a very strong position uh, with us because it needs to be something that fits most places. And it uh, now I'm talking about the bottle. Uh, it needs to be something that can be used for a long time and it needs to be uh, recyclable at the end of its life. Cycle or not end of its life cycle, it needs to go in back into a loop. Mm-hmm. So we very early on decided. I can't even remember if we had any options, but we said it's it's a glass bottle, and that's still very rare. Most bottles today are plastic, mm-hmm. um, but this we chose because we wanted it to be able to be used for really a lot of uh, of. Uh, Usage cycles.
1: Um, it's an in- interesting, then time travel thing. It was very difficult in the beginning. The customers like, can I have glass in my bathroom? It hmm. will break. This was constant. Wow, interesting. Constant, a lot. Of constant. Scared. Yeah, yeah, constant topic. And then it disappeared after a couple of years. But yeah. in the beginning, it's like yes, like we have children. <laughs> 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 it works. <laughs> you can have it. Yes. And. Um,
2: and also then when we. Um, we didn't introduce it straight away, but we fairly soon introduced that you could refill the product mm-hmm. uh, since this was part of our concept that you should use the bottle for a long time. Right. Um, this was also something that it's hard to imagine, but you had to explain to the customer why this was important and how to do it and that they had to bring their bottle to- back to us and uh, we would fill it up again. And it's it makes more sense than to throw it in the glass bin and then buy another one. And uh, so this is very important in the packaging. Then we also have the refill system in, in itself. is uh, It's a f- core focus in our yeah. company. We um, also have issues of packaging around, which we are slowly eliminating now because we don't want things to go to waste. But... Um, generally just very long lived design and uh, quality to make sense in the whole, uh, in the life cycle of a product.
0: This episode is sponsored by Startup Nights 2022. On November 3rd and 4th, you'll have the chance to showcase your startup, get inspired, meet investors and network with like-minded peers at the 6th annual edition of Startup Nights in Winter Tour. Check out startup nightsch to learn more and register for the event. Now, now these things that you mentioned, you know, like having a circular economy, reusing materials, that makes a lot of sense. People get it today, these days, because it's super important. But when you actually started out in 2013, what you just explained sounds a bit like you also had to educate people and the market a bit. Was the timing of 2013, when you originally started out, was that a bit too early for people to embark on that trend as we have it today?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it took it took a while. And in the in the beginning, we worked against the market, it felt yeah. like, and the customer it was a lot of explanation. And after two, three, four years, maybe then it, it started to change. And today I feel it has completely changed. There Absolutely. is no explanation needed anymore.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, now that's like a, a big boost for you, I can imagine, because you, you have that philosophy so ingrained in your company, but the first three, four years when that's not the case, when you're swimming against the tide, basically, isn't it that hard sometimes to continue to keep going?
2: It was the good thing about those years was that we were almost always at the store. And Mm -hmm. Johan, you spent many, many hours talking to customers. I did not work as much in the store during these first years. Uh, but the the constant conversation, which really it could be an hour sometimes mm. about uh, certain topics, it helped us build this foundation for our own philosophy also. When you have to continuously talk about it, you understand yourself better in the end. And yeah. then also the...
1: You learn from the customers. You learn
2: yeah. from the customers what they need. And also you build this trust because we have a huge amount of reoccurring customers that really trust us because we spend so much time talking about these things. And maybe it was not to this specific person, but they also use their network and they talk to their mm-hmm. friends. So it um, it paid off to to spend time talking about the issue. And nowadays, it's almost a bit sad that we don't have to talk about <laughs> it. I mean, I'm happy we don't yeah. have to talk about the issue anymore. but but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a totally different way of, of selling also. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, One thing that also stood out when our team did the research was that on your website, you, you say, don't follow the rules of a fast paced market, nor its production methods. And now we, we understand where you come from. At the same time, Johan, before you also mentioned, it's so important for you to innovate, to also be close and have a really good product listen to the customers and adapt and learn is that sometimes a tough balance to strike to say, hey, we take things slower because we also want to have the circular economy and we want to reuse things, etc." versus developing new things that the markets or the customers might need.
1: Um, yeah, I think we did some mistakes, maybe also in between, you know, starting and, 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 and then continuing and being where we are today. And, and we learn from, from this mistake so it, it is the only thing which is important I think is to take it slow and, and to make it different because there is a lot of big fishes out there mm-hmm. and it's not possible to, to do what they're doing in the scale they're doing so I think the only way to 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 be competitive in the market or, or to attract a, a customer today is, is to do things differently and then take the time I think the the T T T is important. Things take time, and <laughs> it's, you need to let that, that happen. You need to to work towards quality, and if you do it right, then it works. It's not the quantity of things; it's the quality of things. And there we made mistakes in in the middle. I think we in the beginning we knew this, and then at one point in the middle, like we, the tempo increased, and I think we are now learning and having a bigger bigger team and more possibilities that that we need to focus on quality and we need to focus on innovation as well. and and there are things with innovation, things take even longer time, but uh, but being successful with output and it it's, it stands alone and it stands to differ from what's in the market. So it's it's really this
0: quality above everything for you to a certain degree.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is, and, and to constantly also try to improve it and not be mm-hmm. not be happy with what we have or. Things are constantly changing, and we we need to we need to follow the the next paradigm, or we need to see the next paradigm before it's happened, and we need to see new opportunities through new technologies and so on as well. Yeah.
2: But always based on on what is a good product and what is necessary, and not on what's the new fashion. Right. We we don't produce things for now. We produce things that are going to last and. Mm-hmm. Of course, you you use the soap, but we, we consider the whole process of the usage of the soap and also the the necessity of this product. We don't want to produce things that are that don't have a, a purpose, so mm-hmm. to say.
1: And that's perhaps important. In, I think this was not too common in the past. Now it's getting more common, but we have a value set in the company. So it means every decision we take needs to pass through the value set. So if if it doesn't, we shouldn't be doing it, right? So the there is an extra layer, an extra filter in our company. So this is this is our value set. and whatever you do as as a as a person in this company, you need to follow this value set. And I think this this then um, gives this special
0: and and right direction of every decision made. Yeah, you have a very clear guidance in that regard. Do you have an example for a value that is important to you?
1: Well, it, it it needs to be it needs to be consumer healthy. It sounds yeah. clear, but it means every raw material we use needs to be researched, and we need mm-hmm. to see it, it's it is uh, it is not dangerous for the consumer, right? And this yeah. is not the case in in the cosmetic industry or in the food industry, right? Which but, is crazy if we think right. about it, yeah. right? The the legal boundaries is not enough, right? There is are yeah. le- there's things which are legal which is not good to use and. Yeah. Uh, and then the the, the same thing with the packaging, um, the raw material needs to be organic. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of elements uh, also
0: in the company, like recycling is relevant and, and yeah. so on. And with the setup that you chose, right? You know, growing organically, growing slower, also differentiating through the best quality in the market and doing things differently, that usually also comes with a higher price, right? And by doing so, you probably also need some funds to actually finance your production and your whole supply chain basically how do you do, did you tackle that challenge
2: well we tackled that challenge and the challenge of uh, working together in a very small team in in one step we uh, in the first uh, year we got t- 10 friends and family together who uh, could contribute also by way of financing but mm-hmm. also in their knowledge and we uh, we didn't do a big financing round, we, we got the finance together that we really needed for the first step and we mm-hmm. had the knowledge within our team uh, that we needed for um, for these first uh, years of, uh, of the startup and we were not we were not alone in our Endeavor. We were we had this network right away, and that made it uh, very. It could grow very in a very nice, natural, organic way. Then through this. So of course we had financing, but it was nothing. Um, it was internal. It this was also the feeling. Mm-hmm. It was internal uh, financing and also very engaged financing.
0: Was it also particularly important to you to have? People investing or giving you money who were close to you compared to a traditional VC who might have different values and different ideas about how to do business than you have
1: yeah extremely clear we 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 didn't only uh, engage people who who invested perhaps it's important everyone was also participating with work so we we kind of build. To, to visualize them, we built like a football team, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we we know our strengths and weaknesses, and we can do certain things, and we we are clear we cannot do everything. So we we brought together then a, a group of people who also supported in the beginning, which then also leads to even a lower needs of funding, right? You have a marketing expert and and so on. So we had a we had a great team of people we used to work with in the past, which mm-hmm. which joined. So it was it was not only important was a conscious de- decision that only people we, we know when we we know what to get and of course on the other side they also know what they were getting from us right? of course yeah so <laughs> it's, it's
0: very aligned there's no right or wrong but it's important to be clear about the expectations and the alignment to make it work right
1: yeah and also maybe the also the reaction when it doesn't work you know how do you deal with this and yeah. I think if, if you if you gone through those elements in working life before or in a relationship before then this this is helpful. So we had a very, it was a very um, n- it, nice ping pong with with uh, all of these people, and we really we did that together.
2: Yes, it was uh, a, a working relationship based on friendship and trust, and uh, it made it made everything more fun. We wanted to have fun as well, of course. Doing this uh, project together it was not just; it was definitely <laughs> it was not getting rich, and it was not. Um, uh, fame or whatever, it was uh, it was. we want to do something that makes sense and we want to have fun doing yeah. it. And like you said before, yes, we did not spend so much time sleeping and uh, going out with friends, but we worked with them. So we had Smart. very close uh, <laughs> contact with uh, a lot of people anyhow. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I think everyone in this team, also, did, everyone wanted to change something, right? And we felt okay. there is something is changing. We, we want to drive this together. This was great and and maybe to come back to your um, to your question about scaling mm-hmm. and and financing so financing that we hadn't in but I think what we did not realize is, is scaling industry is not easy I think this the 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 whole aspect of how to produce efficiently how to set up processes hygiene processes um, uh, all of this and also the the workers then becoming an industrial company like we have uh, we have a lot of, of of workers this the hr topic is big in in a vertical company right because you mm-hmm. have a big headcount and and we were not ready for this because we all come from product like I mean, Hannah architecture and me uh, product design
0: and and this was this was really exciting <laughs> how do you manage this learning curve because of course you can just learn by by doing and and making mistakes but did you also get any outside help or ask people for advice who could really help you with that specific growth and scale challenge?
2: Not as much as we should have, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that's a good a good answer. Yeah, yeah.
0: But We did get help
1: certain things we couldn't overcome. But we tried and we couldn't overcome We got help. But I think mm-hmm. we also learned this yeah. stubbornness was really good because we also learned how it works, like which type of machine, how to design, because... You don't only design in an industrial company. You don't in, only design the product. You need to design the process how to produce the product. And if you don't know how that works, you don't know which machine to buy. So if we would have had those x amount of millions, we would have bought, bought the wrong machines. And wow. and now we understand the whole process to start to finish. So when we design uh, a product, we also design the production process and which mm-hmm. which tank or which type of products and how to fill it. And so it's a very holistic uh, thing. And I. I I would not have have known
0: how to do this if if I wouldn't have thrown myself food in cold water. But I think this is such (laughs) a great learning, you know, not only for for like a production company, but for all companies and startups out there to not only think about the product that you want to build, but also the whole process behind it. Like if you're a software company, think about how many engineers and what type of engineers do you need to actually be able to ship the product and to create it. And I think sometimes that thought just gets lost along the way, mm-hmm. especially if you take on too much funding.
1: Pro- yes. And you probably don't know the answer until you try. You can uh, try to theoretically figure it out, but uh, probably you don't know it until you try. So I think some yeah. kind of, like what we did was probably then beta testing, right? In, in, mm-hmm. in this, in this
0: <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, one more thing you mentioned before, there are many people who are, Dirty in Switzerland in terms of they need soap, they need to to use your product. But at the same time, Switzerland still is quite a fairly small market. So you you managed to to grow, to scale up your production. Now is that something that you would like to scale even beyond Switzerland, or is that a large enough market and a large enough country for you?
2: We are outside of Switzerland already, so definitely. But we try to focus on on certain areas to begin with, because we have noticed even with other cities, if you if you don't give it your focus, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. So you have to you have to k- take care of the market that you that you enter. And at the moment, this is mainly Germany and France. We still have a few other smaller balls rolling at the same time. Also, the USA is. Uh, is a market where we have entered. Um, but um, Switzerland is big and yeah. we have not <laughs> not covered all of Switzerland. We, we definitely have a lot of uh, territory still to reach, mm-hmm. but we're not stopping at the Swiss border.
0: When you go to another country like Germany or, or France, for example, how do you manage the distribution there? Do you do that yourself or do you work with partners or how does that work? It's a mix of things um
1: overseas then you need a distributor. Mm-hmm. I mean if you work with food or, or cosmetics you, you like storaging and, and you need to be quite fast in delivering so we have um we have a distributor over there um and in Europe we work with agents. Yeah. I think it's because we want quality in the market and I think it's also very important that's to sell a product is quite easy. But to sell the product again, or to sell the the, the product from the shelf of a store, is a different thing. It's, I mean, it's the sellout, um, and if you're not known, it's very difficult. So I think it's mm. and this is something I learned from the past. As so well, you, if you go too fast with and push products into a market where people do not know your product, you you will have a problem. If the retailer don't sell your product, they will call you and say. I don't want to order again because I don't sell it. So yeah. You can't go too fast. And um, I was lucky to experience this in, in previous businesses, also with Frytag, for example. So um, it's not good to go too fast. You need to take, if you build a consumer um, brand, you need to go slow and you need to build the brand. Mm-hmm. And when the brand is ready, you can sell the product. But if you sell it in advance, uh, it can go wrong. And you can
0: also burn down the market. Right. Which is dangerous, yeah you seem to make very conscious decisions, you know, like not growing too fast, being very conscious about your ingredients and the way that you operate. How do you make decisions when you have a topic to discuss? Is there any framework or discussion? Or how does that work? Like when you make decisions, do you just drive on your way home and you have a conversation? How does it work?
2: Now you see our like faces like, oh my God, this, now it's getting difficult. Now, honestly, it's it's, for me it's so much based in our convictions and our philosophy of life that it's usually quite clear what the answer is not not we don't have the answer to everything but mm-hmm. in what direction we're going to solve a problem and then we depending on what topic it is, we use our network. We ask friends, we we get input from outside to, to make wise decisions. It's because we're definitely not experts at everything. And we were not experts at uh, sustainability in the beginning. We were not experts at making soap, but like you can learn to make good choices and to uh, also realize when things, are not going the way they should go, be going you have to make a change mm-hmm. to not be scared of these things
1: I think we have what we have in common is we have a common goal so it's generally quite easy to 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 answer the question I think for us when we have a decision coming because we have this joint goal and this is on a telepathic level um, it's clear what's not always clear is the road to the goal maybe mm-hmm. that we need to discuss yeah. sometimes but it this this is very very easy for us, I think, and this that's made us quite fast and in the beginning taking decisions, moving every day um, to have this.
0: What what is that goal that you're referring to?
1: Well, if it, you're it, open it, to share, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it yeah. changes day to day. It was to make a good product. Mm-hmm. Now it's to well, make check b- you did that, <laughs> right? And now we're trying to make uh, a better product, yeah. Yeah. or or similar, maybe impacts. Uh, in, uh, in, in, a, in a similar field, maybe a new c- category.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and what I also... The, the topic of how we want to work and uh, what standards we want to live by, That is that is a measurement that we don't have to discuss ever. We no. know where we stand, so that makes a lot of things easy to decide. Mm-hmm. But of course, then the road to this, uh, to living this life, is not not always exactly the same. I mean, we it could be making lotion with with a, a Japanese scent, or it could be making lotion with a more Korean scent. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's it's not uh, that's not what uh, drives us. So much. So yeah. the, it's the base of the philosophy where we need to make a decision. But there, we don't have an issue of needing to figure out what this is every day. And Absolutely.
1: W- and we, co- we, we compensate each other really well. So since we have the common goal, then normally when we have the goal in front of us, then I do one part of it mm-hmm. and Hannah does the other part. So it's, it's quite easy.
0: It's something that always comes up in <laughs> the interviews. It's like you're very much aligned on your shared values, that you share the same values, but then bring a complementary skill set to the table to actually get close and put them into practice. And I think that's the perfect team setup. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> now, you're almost coming up at the 10-year anniversary, right, uh, with Söder. So if you look back to the past decade, so to speak, what are some of the most beautiful memories? Maybe you have like one memory that you can share each. Well, my, many
1: memories, right? I think the the people, like all mm-hmm. the people. I mean, we are not doing the stuff ourselves, right? If if it sounded <laughs> like that, that's wrong. We have good people who who works with us and who 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 has. Uh, done so many great things, was brought us to where we are today, and I think all of these moments with these people we share when we had successes. This, I think, this this is this is what I remember, and the emotional connection, not only the the yeah. visual memory, right? The emotional connection with all of these people. I think yes, this, so we are grateful for this. Thank you, everyone.
2: <laughs> 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 yes, I mean the the team is really it has been a few people have been with us for years and others mm-hmm. who came and went but it's always uh, been interesting connections and uh, you have almost always felt that there is something more than just someone coming to work yeah. and many people also tell us this that they they feel connected to the company and this makes I mean this uh, makes it worth continuing also beautiful feedback right yes yeah um which we can also give back to to these people that work with us that the the it makes us also want to work more because mm-hmm. we have good connections and and get inspired by the daily daily business but then I also have um, when we the first day when we opened the store that was also quite amazing experience. Back then we were not that many working with it day to day. And we had these 10 partners. Today we're about 20 partners a bit above. Uh, But back then we had these 10 partners, and we had sent out a few invitations and Mm -hmm. things but we were just opening a store and it was such an amazing day like we had the whole Söder life ahead of us and it was just uh, we had worked super hard for 9 months
1: and everyone helped them painting and and we had fixing to... <laughs> the floor and <laughs> yes
2: it was that 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 time the the short time ahead of this opening event and then the opening event when we just tore down the paper in front of the windows and that was that was and like the fir- hard to beat.
1: Yeah, and the first the first factory is also great. It's more like a Breaking Bad kind of setting. Yeah. <laughs> we, we might have some pictures to share. This was uh, this yeah. was also looking back at that now it was it was also
0: quite wild. Uh, I can imagine. And fun. Yeah,
2: yes. yeah. We had to go uh, in the middle of the night and on Sunday night to check if the soap was not heating up too much and sure. things. And yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, the the beautiful stories of building something with a truly great team. One thing I'm also interested to learn more about is Söder. You know, it's a well-known brand here in Switzerland now. Like, a lot of people know it. A lot of people use it. Where does the name actually come from? What does it mean?
2: It is uh, the short name for uh, area in Stockholm, Södermalm. But uh, the name was actually... We, we put it on paper way before we realized what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So we have had this as like kind of a working title for a lot of just brain ideas.
1: And it's a perfect typographic joint between German and Swedish, which I think it, it's by adding the OE, which would not, which you would never do in Swedish. It, it becomes very Germanic, like in, in German. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, this, it's, it's a, also a perfect mix between the two things and also it's, a, it's our heritage as well, right? I just wanted to say <laughs> it, it perfectly describes <laughs> your journey as well, right? Yeah. We've spent as much time in, in Switzerland as, as, as in Sweden yeah.
2: so, Yes, uh, lifespan-wise, exactly yeah. It's uh, easy to write it Looks good
0: it looks Yeah, good. absolutely <laughs> But, but it ha-
2: Long story short, it has no real meaning but, but there's but an emotional a, story behind it. It's an it, emotional yeah. story. Obviously.
1: It was our project title, right? Yeah. And we...
2: Yes. I like that. The working title that got stuck.
0: And now with that strong brand, the 10-year anniversary coming up, of course, we're also excited to learn more about your future plans. I think you have some things planned. Can you reveal one or two things, what we can expect from you in the future?
1: Yeah, we have we have one one big thing planned, which, is, which we... Probably haven't officially communicated yet, so we are maybe this is a premiere. Wow! <laughs> no, yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're building a, a, a larger factory. Uh, we, we got this great opportunity from from SBB to 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 get a plot and in the city, quite mm. quite central in in Altstaten. and we have this uh, really beautiful uh, place there. It's all uh, repair, um, the repair halls for the trains. And uh, we will then, we are now actually in the construction, like the basic construction is now wow. taking place. It's a protected building, culture protected building. And we are now doing the first steps. And uh, And Hannah should talk more about this because <laughs> she she is the architect.
2: Yes, I spent all weekend drawing <laughs> Um Yes, so we want them this this place to be a, a connection for our company uh, but also a connection towards our customers. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a let's call it a fully transparent production place. You will uh, always be able to to look in through the window and see us at work, but you will also be able to come in and visit. And also within the company we're gonna have uh, a visible access to each other at all times, which is going to change the way we uh, experience our mm-hmm. working life and our product and our, our different areas because we have so many different uh, fields of work since we're a vertical uh, supplier and we do all our communication and graphics and um, finance and everything in house, so now it's gonna be a very uh, easy access to all departments which I'm looking forward to I think
1: yeah I think things are only transparent when you actually see what's going on right, right. and you can you can gladly walk in then and you can we can show uh, our olive oil our coconut mm-hmm. oil um and it it says organic on the barrel it is organic inside we are using that barrel right so I think it's Um, Showing the people what we do and how we do it, and and, and not hiding anything, is. is,
0: um... I'm really excited to (laughs) see where this will end up. You know, because you already lift these values, but now you make it even more transparent. You bring everything together in the same location. That's super exciting to see where that will end up. Where that will bring in what new levels that this will unlock. Super exciting future.
1: You will be, we will invite you to the opening part. Oh, I'll be there with the rest of Zurich, of course. (laughs) Absolutely, I'll be there
0: now to wrap up the conversation. We have some rapid fire questions prepared for you. So, I either give you different options to choose from or a simple question, and you have to answer in one sentence. You ready? Yes, Hannah. The first one is for you (laughs) architect or entrepreneur?
2: Uh, I'm More an entrepreneur with a need for creativity.
0: Nice.
1: Johan, Sweden or Switzerland? Holiday in Sweden. It's getting too hot in Central Europe. Um, Switzerland is the place I live. And for
0: Johanna?
2: Yes, it's also, it's uh, Switzerland with a dash of Swedish holiday on top.
0: What is your favorite Söte product, Johan? The grassroots soap. Nice. Yours?
2: I also take the soap if I only have to choose one and uh, I would go for Hinoki Yusu.
0: Nice. And what is your biggest ecological sin if you had to pick one?
1: We are a producer. I think if if you're a producer, you make the biggest impact. It's not the end yeah. consumer. And uh, knowing this to be a problem, right? Because everything you produce has an impact. Mm-hmm. And I think we know this and every day we need to be critical and say hey can we do this better and i think then as a producer you have a huge responsibility because you have the biggest impact and you you need to be aware of that i think finally uh, industries are becoming aware of this it's not only the regulations which Mm -hmm. it used to be who limits the co2 for example it's actually also now uh, important for a lot of, of, of industries to be responsible and take yep. own initiative. And I think this, this is great. And I think that's definitely our biggest CO2 impact is that we are running a company and then uh, we need to work on reducing.
0: Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that's also a huge asset, right? Because then you can really have an impact beyond just the average household size. Of course. And
1: we're also are the ones who need to take responsibility in society. It's definitely yep. like this.
0: That's a wrap for today. Hi, thank, thank you, you so thank much you. for coming <laughs> on the <laughs> thank show, Anna, Johan. All the best, lots of success, and it's just Same amazing. We're big <laughs> fans thank of you. your products, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, we're super fans of excited excited you to as well. I, I think it's
1: great you you give uh, you give uh, the Swiss um, industry and companies a possibility to to give advices to each other. It's also great, you know, to have to listen listen to others. Hope, hope we gave some advices we are getting some advices from the other visitors it's great absolutely <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much and thank all you. the best thanks thank cheers you.
2: we hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did you can support us by rating our show on apple Podcasts.
0: this way we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs